1: thank you all for being here. And for those of you joining us online, thank you for joining us today on this holiday weekend. I'm Reverend Christine Green. I'm so grateful to be with you today so Reverend Larry can enjoy a well-deserved day off. And so my topic today is freedom to be. And that song is perfect because we choose every day And I was recalling the first time I felt I wasn't free. And isn't that when we really understand something, when we remember when it didn't happen for us? So I remember the first time I I did not feel free. I was working in an office. It was four o'clock on a Friday afternoon, and we had all finished our work. It was a small uh, office. We all finished our work, and there was nothing left to do. And it was like, well, why can't we leave? It's like, well, we can't leave because work ends at five o'clock. And it's like, well, you can keep the other hour. I'll just, you know, dock me pay. I just would like to leave. The sun is out and it's time to leave. And I couldn't leave. And something clicked in me that freedom was the most important thing. Freedom was the most important thing. We are on an evolutionary journey, and we're on an evolutionary journey in in the working world. And the first time we get to work is when we have a job. And the principle of job is labor. And the motive is survival, right? We need the job because we're in survival. So as we evolve in through our evolutionary journey of work, then we have a career, Well, the principle of career is learning because now we're about learning. We're about learning something new, how to express in the world. And the motive is success because in a career, I want to achieve success. But when we move to a place of calling, when we're in our calling, the principle is love and the motive is service. And really that any job, any work, any presence that we are in the world can be of service because we're at that place of love, right? We're doing it because we love. And when I moved into my calling, I would work seven o'clock on a Friday night, right? I would work five o'clock on a Tuesday morning, or three o'clock on a Saturday. It didn't matter because I was in my calling. I was in that place of service and in that place of love. Ernest Holmes says, there's something within you which is completely aware of its oneness with power, of its unity with life. Lose all thoughts of discord and fear and permit the true pattern to come to the surface. So there's that presence within us that we know is our power, is our unity, is our life. And that we can let go of any thoughts of discord or fear and let that pattern come to the surface. So when we think about freedom, we think about what, where we have freedom and where we don't have freedom. And sometimes we look at, well, if I had a red car instead of a black one, then I'd be happy. Anybody else like that? Anybody else want a red car? Or if, um, if my neighbors were quieter, then it would be more peaceful. If my mother-in-law were different, then it would be different. Um, if there wasn't so much divisiveness in the world, then I could feel peace. But my not feeling peace... My not being in my freedom is not changing that for anyone else, right? So the important thing is for each of us to find that within ourselves. What is it that we need to do to be within our own freedom? Because each of us is an effect in the world. Now, there's three things that we talk about, and we use these words interchangeably, and I want to talk about them. One is energy One is vibration, and one is frequency. So energy is that divine energy, that infinite. Nancy spoke to it so beautifully in your prayer, that oneness, that one power, one presence, one life, that creative source. That's the energy in which we all live. Our vibration is that energy moves through us is our vibration in the world. Now, let's stop there because our vibration is dependent on our triune nature of spirit, mind, and body. So in our spirit, mind, and body, they operate individually and collectively. And so the body, for instance, is always moving, right? The body is moving. We have flexibility and we move. The mind is always thinking. The purpose of the mind is to think, ponder and plan and have fun along the way. And the spirit is how we make that connection with the divine. So in that triune nature right there is how our vibration comes through and how we allow that to come through in the world. And so Paulette talked about, I choose, I choose to be grateful. I choose to be happy. So we get to choose each day what our vibration is going to be. And that's how we allow this presence, this energetic force to move through us. So we wake up in the morning and we get to choose, how am I going to see this day? Now we can choose something and within a moment, it can change, right? Turn on the news goes up, goes down. Um, Somebody says something positive, it lifts up. So our vibration is dependent on that triune nature of spirit, mind, and body. And are they operating in cohesiveness? What we emit from our vibration is our frequency. So that's the frequency that we're living at. Have you ever then maybe at a party or a place and someone walks in and you feel like you want to move away, there's an energy there that you're picking up that frequency. There's something going on. Or you could even walk into a building and feel a frequency. You feel either good about it or not so good about it. So we are feeling that. we're That's our frequency that's being emitted. Freedom is an opportunity for all of us to live in that frequency of love. Because when we live in the frequency of love, that everything is possible, right? That we are not bound by the past. In the book of Love and Creation, Paul Selleck writes, when you engage with something in consciousness, you are activating it. So when we are in alignment with that consciousness, we're activating it. And then we move into congruence with it. If it's a low level frequency, guess what? That's where you're going to hang out. So if it's low level, that's where we're going to be at. If it's a higher level, then we're in that place. So there was a couple that was married for 60 years and the, the wife had a, uh, a request that there was a box in the closet that her husband never touched this box. Well, the wife was not doing well. She was growing ill. And they decided it was time that they bring their affairs into order. And she decided it was time that he knew what was in the box. So he brought the box to her and she opened it up. And there were two crochet dolls And the rest was full of cash. And there was a slip of paper that said $95,000 in cash. And so she said, it's time that you know what this is. When we got married, my grandmother told me to not be angry with you, to not let myself go to that place of being angry. Instead, every time I'm angry, I should crochet a doll. And the husband, he thought, oh my gosh, sixty years of marriage and she's only been angry twice. That's I he was so touched. He was just so moved. And he said, Honey, that is that is wonderful. But what about the money? And she said, Oh, that's what I sold the rest of the dolls for. So she was not going to let herself be moved by anger. She did something creative and it turned out to be abundant. So Paul Selleck writes, I am in my knowing. Can we say that together? I am in my knowing. When we say I am in my knowing, I am in my knowing that I am free. If we say I am free, sometimes we don't feel that, right? Or I am peace. In the great I am, we can say that, but we don't always quite go there. But when we say, I am in my knowing, then we we are affirming that we're moving to that place of, of the oneness, of the creative expression in that knowing and in that freedom. There are so many structures around us that have limited us over the years and that has how we've based our freedom. We've based our freedom on these structures and on these belief systems of what we can and cannot do. The greatest issue with freedom is when we have fear, right, when we're afraid because fear stops freedom immediately. And the purpose of fear is to create more fear. So our work is to get out of that place of fear. How do I move from that place of fear to that place of love? And that's for us to be aware. We're constantly mindful of what I'm thinking, how I am reacting, that we practice this mindfulness to know that I'm not going to be limited by what is going on, but I am going to stand firmly in my freedom. I'm going to stand firmly of lo- in love. So it's our work to be in that place of mindfulness, to pay attention to what we're thinking, to what we're feeling, what's going on in the body. And the more we do that, the more mindful we are, the more connected we are to spirit. When healing happens in that place of consciousness when we can understand the the constructs and why they've been there. So a child that's afraid of the dark, when you explain about the dark and the child understands that, they're not afraid anymore, right? So we have to understand those constructs that keep us in that place of limiting, there's a quote I found, the universe responds to your frequency. It does not recognize your personal desires, wants, or needs. It only understands the frequency in which you are vibrating at. If you are vibrating in the frequency of fear, guilt, or shame, you're going to attract those things. If you vibrate in the frequency of love, you're going to attract those things that support that frequency. It's kind of like tuning into a radio station. You have to be tuning to the music you want to listen to, just like you have to be tuned in what you want to manifest in your life. Moving to Eckhart Tolle. Eckhart Tolle says there are three modalities of awakening. He calls it the awakened doing, that we are in the world and that we live an awakened doing. There's three. So acceptance is the first one. And he says, whenever you cannot enjoy doing, you can at least accept that this is what you have to do. (laughs) Right? Kind of happened to us in the pandemic. We had a pandemic, and there were people that accepted, okay, this is the pandemic, I have to work with it. And people that said, no, you're not gonna, you're not gonna. Tell me what to do. So it's like we had this place of the fear because what was there so profoundly was the fear of not knowing what was going to happen. So that's how we reacted. We reacted in those two ways. But acceptance means whatever this situation is, I do it willingly. I do it willingly. And he says, for example... Maybe changing a tire in the middle of the night. Yeah, you won't be so happy about it, but you do it willingly because this is what I have to do in this moment. You can bring acceptance to it. We find peace when we do that. So we can come to that place of peace when we allow ourselves to accept. It's surrender. When we surrender into the moment, this is what I'm called to do at the moment. The second one is enjoyment. And enjoyment is whatever we're doing, if we can do it with a sense of lightness, that we enjoy it, that we enjoy what we're doing. Enjoyment replaces wanting as a motivating power. So that we say, this is what I'm doing. I accept that this is what I'm doing. And I can find the joy in it, in this moment. And when you make it in the present moment and not the past or future, it makes complete difference in how we respond to it. And it brings us to that we can be in that place of joy. And joy is the dynamic aspect of being. When the creative power of the universe becomes conscious of itself, it results in joy. When we're in joy, then there's a place of peace. And the last one is enthusiasm. I loved Reverend Larry's story last week. Do you remember last week when he talked about the worker, the employee at Disneyland, who got up in the midst of the chaos and told a story, and it was the most beautiful story, and and he was so moved by it. I could just feel her her energy. It was very, it was it was a wonderful example of that. So what we want, what this awakened doing does is it allows us to be in alignment for us to be in that vibration and that frequency of love. And when we're in that frequency of love, all things are possible. I've been telling everyone that I was going to buy a house for about two years. Didn't do anything about it, but I, it took me two years to talk about it. And recently I uh, started looking And what I realized uh, after being uh, missing some deals and I couldn't compete with um, the franticness at the moment of uh, sellers coming in at the last minute, paying cash and above above offer, um, I couldn't do any of that. And so I, I said to my realtor, I said, you know, the only way this is going to happen is if someone has their house not on the market if I can get in before their house is on the market so I don't have to compete with anyone. And I thought, well, you know, in the next year or so, that will happen. And two weeks later, she called me and said, there's a couple that in the location you wanted, and they don't want to put their house on the market. Do you want to go look at it? I said, okay. So we went and looked at it, and it was it was perfect. It was just what I wanted. And the whole transaction worked out beautifully. Everything was in alignment. But I was always in that place of surrender, that if it's not this, then it's something better. If it's not this house, I can step away. Well, the the next out that I saw for myself was the inspection, right? Because if there's anything, I can say, oh, no, this... This, found, this foundation is not working, even though it's on a condo on the second floor. But any excuse that if it wasn't right, I could, I could just step out of it and say, no, I'm not, I'm not going to go there. So we have the inspection and there's minor issues and, and the inspector writes them all down and we're leaving the, the condo and walking to the parking lot and my realtor was looking up in the sky and I said, what are you looking at? And I looked up and there was a hummingbird. And it was hovering. And if you notice, the cover of my book <laughs> is a hummingbird. And I chose that because a hummingbird is a symbol of connection with the divine, that a hummingbird shows up when we need it most. And so the hummingbird was there. It was, it was affirmation for me. I was on the right track. Not only was the hummingbird there, it was hovering over us. It didn't zip away, it hovered over us, and I said, well, come to my car, there's something I want to give you, and as we walked to the car, she said, look, it's following us. <laughs> I said, yeah, I know, I want to give you something, and I gave her a copy of my book, and she goes, oh, there's a hummingbird. I said, yes, it's a sign, it's a sign. <laughs> so, that was, that was a sign. Then, so we closed down the house and the day I got the, the keys, we went to the house and the other agent had left a note and said, there's some things the owners left in the garage and if you don't want them, you know, let me know and I'll clean them out. Well, while I had been packing, I was wishing that I had a couple of those plastic bins and I asked some friends, anybody have an extra plastic bin, you know, those ones, those totes, you can put things in and, um, it, but... Uh, I didn't, I didn't, and I didn't have time to go get one. So, um, but we walked in the garage and the entire wall of shelves was filled with plastic bins, (laughs) every size, shape imaginable. I didn't count them, but there's a lot. And I gasped because I saw the answered prayer that, that what I had said it was there, and I've tried to ma- remain nonchalant. Now to an organizing Virgo, this is like having the container store in my garage. <laughs> like, this is heaven, this is Nirvana. And so I tried to be cool, and, then, and the agent was going on about, well, we need to clear this out. What do you want to do with those bins? I went, oh, it's okay, you can leave them. Like, trying to be calm about it, like, oh my gosh, unlimited bins. <laughs> So I tell you this story because the whole time during that transaction and during my intention was standing in that place of alignment and prayer, that that is the most powerful place that we have for us to do our own work. I don't know what to do about the issues in the world. I really don't. But what I know is the power is right here, and as we do this work individually and collectively, we are making a difference. I want to share. Uh, Carolyn Mace, Mace says in her book, "Defy Gravity." She says, we are beyond the reason point. We are at the beyond reason point of our evolution, meaning the type and scope of problems we are confronting now that cannot be resolved by reasonable people sitting around a table, right? The problems facing us. There's not a group of people that we can wait for that are going to come and have a solution to the problems. She says, the problems facing humanity have become unreasonable, We must shift to another realm of perception, a realm that is beyond conventional reason in order to move through the problems facing us. We must learn to think as the mystics did. We must learn to defy gravity. It's time to learn the truths that govern our interior soul. We have to do the interior work to see an exterior change in humanity. We have to do this work, and every time we do the work of letting go of resentment, letting go of anger, of frustration, we lift ourselves to a higher level. Clarissa Pinkola Estes, the author of Women Who Run With the Wolves, wrote, uh, this was part of an essay she wrote, she wrote, one of the most calming and powerful actions you can do to intervene in a stormy world is to stand up and show your soul. Soul on deck, shines like gold in dark times. The light of the soul throws sparks, can send up flares, build signal fires, cause proper matters to catch fire. To display the lantern of the soul in shadowy times like these, to be fierce and to show mercy towards others, both are acts of immense bravery and the greatest necessity." that this is a necessity for us. Our spiritual work is not a pastime anymore. When I started, it was like a pastime. I did my spiritual work in my spare time. It's who we are, and who we are are the beings of light, and that each of us, as each of us moves to that place of love, moves to that place of surrender, moves to that place of peace, we are that light we are that light in the world. So let's take all this into prayer. And so what a joy it is to be together in this time, in this commu- this beautiful community. What a blessing it is. I know that we have been called to a powerful time like this, a powerful time to stand in this light of love, to know that love is the power, the presence, the the divine essence of who we are, and that as each of us moves each day, chooses to be in love, chooses to be in acceptance, in awareness, in enthusiasm, and in joy, that as each of us moves in and through that, that we bring a light to the world and that this light shines, this light is an emanation, an illumination, an inspiration to the world. And so I know for each of us that we have been touched profoundly here today, that our light shines, our light blesses, our light is that creative expression of God itself. And so I know that as we go out into the world, we bring this light, we allow this light to shine and we bring this light of freedom, of peace, of love, of graciousness and gratitude everywhere we go. So I know right now that the world is being lifted up as each of us are lifted up this day, that all of humanity is being lifted up by our agreement to do the same. And so I just give grateful thanks for this opportunity, for this blessing, and for the divine expression that life is. And I give grateful thanks for all of this. And together we say, and so it is. Blessings. Thank you. Um, If you're going through some trouble right now or if you would like to improve some area of your life, um, please consider prayer with one of the licensed practitioners here. They will be available here in front of the platform at the end of the service for a one minute miracle. We also have prayer request cards at the Ministry of Prayer table. If you fill out one, it's our honor for the entire team to pray for you throughout the week. For our online audience, you can submit a prayer request on the website at cslportland.org and it will be automatically distributed to all ministers and practitioners. So for now, I invite you to stand with me for our benediction. And I think this is something we say together, right? Something wonderful is flowing through me right now. Something wonderful is flowing through me right now. It is this thing called life. It is this Life. life is in my mind. Life is in my mind. Life is in my body. Life is in my body. And life is in my affairs. And life is in my affairs. I think, it. I, think it. I believe it. I believe it. I accept it. I accept it. Just the way that it is.
0: Just the way that it
1: is. Thank you, life. And so just know with me that you are never alone, that the divine presence of love is within you always. And any time during the day or night when forgetfulness comes upon you, simply go within and remember that always, always you are loved. In gratitude for this remembrance, we let it be. And so it is. And so it is.
0: We hope you enjoyed today's podcast. If you happen to be in the Portland, Oregon area, we'd love to have you visit in person. The Portland Center for Spiritual Living is located at 6211 Northeast Martin Luther King Jr. Boulevard. We have inspirational services at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. every Sunday. We also have many programs, classes, and workshops developed just for our online audience. To find out more, go to our website at cslportland.org and look under the Online tab. We have a variety of content dedicated specifically for our podcast listeners. Our mission is to open hearts, ignite minds, and make a difference. If you'd like to support our center and its podcasts,